Good afternoon. Mississaugas of the Credit Dunjaba, Makwah Dodem, Mississaugi Endow. Welcome, everybody. Today we're going to speak with Carolyn King. Let's welcome Carolyn King back, who will be speaking about her incredible initiative, the Moccasin Identifier Project. This project was developed by Carolyn King in partnership with the Mississaugas of the Credit First Nation and the Ontario Green Belt to promote public awareness of significant cultural historic sites and the ancestral presence of First Nations, Métis and Indigenous communities. If we as First Nations people do not get a marker on the ground today, we will be lost forever. Please welcome Carolyn King. Hi, um, Ani, um, Carolyn King, uh, uh, uh that's my, Name I, I can't I have an indigenous name but I I don't often use it because it's kind of presumptuous meaning that I'm the first lady and I do everything so uh, I try not to try to address that even though I do a lot of stuff. At any rate, I'm uh, honored to be here as part of the um, presenting the information about the uh, moccasin identifier. I'm a member of the Mississaugas of the Credit First Nation and uh, have a strong bloodline to the to the nation. And I've lived uh, all my life on a on the Indian Reserve, starting out at Six Nations, and then moving to the Mississaugas of the Credit. I married married into uh, the community, but like I said, I have a I have a whole family line here at uh, at the Mississaugas. So just to clarify some of the things that uh, you see about me, and I've um, uh, done a lot of um, you call it uh, community work. I was even the chief at one time, and so. Um, I've been around the community and supporting, advocating for it. Uh, seems like my whole life. Uh, that's uh, the idea of the moccasin identifier is part of promotions and education and awareness about that people under people get uh, become aware and get educated about treaties. And if you didn't know the Mississaugas, oh, this will be in the there's a map. Uh, we have a lot of treaties that our First Nations signed, good or bad, and that. Um, there are um, like 23 uh, different treaties, all basically in the Golden Greater Horseshoe area. And that uh, it, uh, many people don't understand what the treaties are. And that uh, this little program was developed to educate main targeting the, the school system, the elementary school system, but we do beyond that. And to uh, create an awareness with the children about what treaties are, what our what treaties are in general, and what our treaties are, and then we have this little interactive called the moccasin identifier, which is a stenciling of uh, of the uh, various about four different moccasins on the on paper or on the ground, and we'll talk about that. So we can get get moving. So again, thank you for joining us, and thank you for listening. All right. So uh, next. Oh, I need to say that, yes, that uh, in that video there, in that first one, that uh, we're sponsored by the Green Belt. They've been our key sponsor uh, with the moccasin identifier and the First Nation. Our office runs out of there. So this is a video about that was done for our, our, our uh, website. So we can start that. Ani, I'm Carolyn King, and I'm a member of the Mississaugas of the Credit First Nation and the creator of the moccasin identifier. 
Philip Cote, an artist in Toronto here, took and redrew uh, real moccasins. We're starting over with the children. The idea is that they would research whose land their school is built on, near, or what treaty area they're in. And the educational kit that we have has all that information in there. And the children just, like, I love it. My dream is that this province will be covered with moccasin identifiers within the next decade. And they will forever know whose land they're on. That's the goal. Educate and awareness with a nice, simple little program called the Moccasin Identifier. Okay, thank you for that. Uh, that's our video that we're doing our promotions. We have some bigger ones uh, uh, that talk about it and do some more instruction on stenciling. Uh, that's the new thing that we're going to, uh, people are all asking for how-to videos on the stenciling so they can use it in the different grade levels and different sites, different organizations. So we're working on to develop that. And like I said, this is my line where, why we do this and that uh, we started uh, the, the Moccasin Identifier wasn't always this way, a ten, like a stenciling program. It was going to be what we call a digital dot. And where we were, the First Nation, we were researching in our treaty lands, where, what are the significant sites and that ones that we wanted to let people know about. And if you think about you're driving around in your car and you have the, the map on, the Google map or Waze, whatever, process you use that you can go to significant sites or, or points of interest. Well, our thought was that we could be a point of interest, say where our past village site was or a trail, you know, or significant, uh, you know, you know, along the water's edge, different important things, uh, pinpointing where people are of our history, our group, uh, their uh, historical significance to us. And you will, we'll talk about one after this. That's so, and then, like I said, just like, you know, when the colonial, when the settlers came in, they just took over the land and built over everything that was basically ours, what we call ours, uh, or over the land as it was. And that we just became lost in that system. And it was not promoted in the education system. So many people will tell me today, we never learned this in when I went to school, you know, and so thankfully that's all changing and there's indigenous curriculum in the school, the in the school systems today. So if we as First Nations people don't get a marker on the ground today, we will be lost forever. And that's what drives us to put a tangible marker, educate uh, about who we are as a, as an indigenous people of the land. Next. This is the significant person uh, that uh, I mentioned. Um, her name is uh, Catherine Sutton, uh, Naniba Kwe, and that uh, uh, she was a Mississauga member uh, and she uh, married a non-native person named Sutton. And that's how she became Catherine Sutton. Uh, that uh, you can see that today, She's designated as a nationally significant person for the work that she did. Uh, during the pre-Confederation days, uh, she fought for rights. And what happened with her is that, so she was non, she was native. And then she married a non-native man, uh, Sutton. And she was 
her rights were taken away from her because she had married, uh, as we call it, married out. And that, so then she moved up to, toward Collingwood with um, uh, her husband and they were gonna buy land and build a farm there. And because she was native, she was told that she could not, because, because she was native, the system then told her that she could not hold land because she, you know natives were not considered people. Uh, then only happened in the 50s when we became uh, recognized as a like a person and that so anyway and she took exception to that and fought against it and she even uh, her story is that she went to visit Queen Victoria to ask for rights to hold land as a native woman and uh, she was they say eight months pregnant she went over there got an audience with the queen of the day and that she uh, uh, wasn't successful, but she did it. And you started the road and she was an author and she wrote letters and spoke out against the injustice of, to indigenous uh, people and, and more so indigenous women. So she, um, uh, her property, and this is where the Marcus and Identifier was born. Uh, when we were, had researched that particular site uh, to add to our digital dot. And so we were presented the, presenting at one of our historical conferences and um, we asked, uh, we asked the, somebody out of the audience, uh, my friend Jane, Jane Beecroft and Jane Watts, they asked, what if we don't have a phone, let alone a cell phone, because the digital stuff was all going to be based on our cell phones, you know, and um, basically a smartphone where you could go bring up uh, the picture and the map and get information about it. And that we were researching all of that to get the information on would be on the website and um, so we uh, and I said well he goes if I go there what am I going to see and I said nothing just remnant farm things at the time and I said I, I can answer that because as part of the research I went to that site and we walked around there with the archaeologists and um, Don Smith our historian and um, so we I know what was on that site left over from that site from way back in in the when Catherine Sutton went there and that um, and it was suggested then if there was just the digital dot then maybe we should have a tangible marker a plaque or something a plaquing program so I said okay let's talk about it and so after the session and this was a Friday uh, of a, a three-day conference and that we had a meeting afterwards <laughs> excuse me, and we talked about it, and they said, well, you need to come up, if you're going to promote a plaque or marker, then you need to come up with a universal symbol that people will start to recognize, and so it was first suggested that it be a, an eagle feather, and I said, no, that's too sacred to us, and then it was suggested that it be one of our dotums, like the deer, the eagle, uh, you know, the different uh, animals, and for us, the Mississaugas, fish, the martins, and that uh, I said, no, same thing. Those are too sacred to us. And that if we put it on the ground and people are walking on it and they don't, they don't know what that is, uh, I said, it'll just make us mad again. So let's not go there and uh, um, do that. And they said, well, Carolyn, come up with something. You have to come up with a symbol that you say recognizes uh, uh, your people. And we could promote it to the government the next day. They were going to have a meeting with the, the government. Uh, in that case, it was uh, the Ontario Heritage Trust. And we're talking 2011 that that discussion happened. 
and that um, the uh, I, I went back to my uh, when I say about I went back to my well my uh, office and I wrote up on my whiteboard and a little bit say a little bit more about this but th this whole research thing that's where it started uh, the presentation about that and I um uh, I wrote what will identify us and uh, link us to the land because it's all about the land and they they said that it was um. Uh, I said, I read that for three days. I just went in every day, I read that. And I said, what is it? And on the, I said, it shouldn't have taken me three days. But on the third day, I said, it's our footwear. And the idea was born. And that's how I, how I claim to be the creator of the moccasin identifier um, program. And the next thing we did is we went to, um, uh, it was suggested that we go to the Batashu people. They have a huge collection. If you haven't been to the Batashu Museum in Toronto uh, on Bloor Street, it is the largest collection museum of its type in the world. And they have a huge collection of footwear for the world. And that there are, um, I, I've been, had the fortunate opportunities to be in the vaults. Two stories down, there are two vaults. One is the indigenous collection and the other is the rest of the world. And the indigenous collection represents circumpolar and North America. So in that collection, there's the Tibet, there's the Inuit, and then there's all of North America uh, in there. There's really only two Anishinaabe moccasin, moccasin designs in there. Uh, and that's, so that's the two that we use. And the, um, so, They've become a, a partner with us and that uh, they give us some, like, as mentioned, the, the moccasins that you you see in our, our four moccasins are real moccasins in the holdings of the Batashu. And they give us access to the collection and all the curated material. So it's like real stuff uh, that uh, was part of it. And I said, and I said in the video, uh, Philip Cote is a, uh, artist uh, researcher and he we engaged him hired him to uh, to he did the research uh, he went and took pictures of the moccasins in the in the museum and then he drew them and so that was our starting information boards uh, and we used we used four moccasins which we'll talk about next so this is all kind of the start of how the moccasin identifier started next so we start to get a presence on the on the floor. And I talked about this and we talked about that it's our footwear and our journey we're into uh, going into uh, 11 years now since we started on this. Uh, the research about sites was started before then. This is just the story about how the moccasin became our um, key item. Next. Here's that research. Here's those moccasins that, uh, uh, as I say, they're real moccasins. And, and they've been a great partner giving us access. And if you don't know who Philip Cote is, he is in Toronto. He's uh, based is out of Moose Deer Point, but he's lived, basically lived in Toronto. And he he uh, redesigned those moccasins that are part of the what we consider the collection. And you'll see that the, the different styles and the beautiful styles. And if you didn't know, like when you look at um, the moccasins, if there's beadwork on there, those are considered post-contact after this, uh, the colonial settlers, settlers came and they uh, brought beads. And uh, so it was just a uh, 
you know, improved way to decorate. And moccasins are uh, our clothing and our footwear are ways that our people can identify leaders, good leaders, or if you've done good work, you get, you know, some of the best uh, designed, uh, you know, bags, footwear, your vest, that type of thing is how they honor their leaders. Next. Uh, it, our moccasin identifier uh, covers Ontario uh, as it is right now. Our goal is to go broader. Um, the Cree in the North. And if you didn't know it, the Cree are the largest linguistic group in Canada. They come from the uh, out in the Maritimes, uh, Labrador, um, the Maritimes there, right across to Alberta. You'll see the Cree. Uh, and so here for Ontario, just up north of the like north of the Great Lakes there. That, that's all Cree, Treaty 9 area. And then we have Nishnabi, which is kind of throughout Ontario, but everything sort of south of the where the Cree are. Here on Wendats, or like uh, where is say Collingwood, kind of a band across southern Ontario, nor just north of Toronto. And there are uh, sites of the for the here on Wendats. Uh, they were pushed out uh, of the area by the Iroquois uh, early wars. And they moved to, you'll find them in Wendaki, Quebec, but they have lots of uh, information or lots of sites uh, and, you know, their presence in, in Ontario. And, well, as I say, mostly in the ground, um, but there are people who live here who are, who are here on Wendat. And then in the South, for this, this program, the Moccasin Identifier, we call, we use the Seneca because it was the Seneca group of the Iroquois group or Haudenosaunee, <coughs> sorry about that, that they uh, moved into Southern Ontario for about 35 to maybe 50 years to try settle uh, the foot of Southern Ontario. And they have, there's big sites of uh, the Parker site uh, in Toronto, the, um, well, they're just different big sites uh, along the, uh, along the area that um, Toronto over into sort of the western part where they tried to settle and that's where the war happened between the Mississaugas or the Nishnabi and the uh, the uh, Iroquois and that that's all stemmed from the fight uh, the the conflict to get access to beaver pelts uh, it became a marketing uh, like a market opportunity for the First Nations to hunt uh, the lush lands of Southern Ontario along the, the rivers, and then to sell those pelts to the fur traders, either the French or the British, and that they um, um, uh, created, um, that created what was called the beaver, the beaver wars or the fur trading battles. And that, uh, so, and then they're in that battle, they pushed the, the Iroquois back across the border. And then they're all here now, all the groups are here. You know, but back in the historical context of the settlement of Ontario, that's why we use those four, the Cree in the north, the Anishinaabe, the Huron Wendats, and the Senecas in the south. That's what's in our package. Next. Here you see them again. Um, and we're using the moccasin to create an understanding of treaty. And that, uh, as I said, we can, we can tell our story in our where we were on the land, the value of the land, and the way that our people lived all through our, our 
using the footwear to tell that story. And you can see on the this here, we're using the, the Anishinaabe Algonquin one, where it says center scene. You see it gathered up. Ojibwe is actually in the language means gathered up or puckered scene. And you can see through the middle uh, of what that, you know, what it looks like. You can see my one, I use my Zoom, I, I have my, my um, steel one that's about two feet long um, that we use as our, our key one. And we're putting it on wood too. Um, um, Appleby College uh, supplied us with these wood laser cutouts. And so we're uh, using that one too. So next. So I would say they'd want to change the world too. And that uh, uh, one moccasin at a time. And I say, when you want to change the world, it takes a lot of people. And for us, we're starting over with the children. And I couldn't en envision that, that in the, I, one of my lines is that in the next decade, Ontario is going to be covered with moccasin stencils and moccasin identifiers. And people will be forever reminded about whose land they're on. And we're starting over with the children. And you think if we run a whole educational program of 10 years, plus the other new stuff that's coming in with the curriculum, that children will be raised with that education uh, in there. And hopefully the moccasin is gonna be one of those, those um, items that has helped teach them. Next. Our vision is to cover Canada in moccasins. And you can see this one here, I think, is that uh, in Mississauga at the school, and that people are getting very creative about how they do the moccasins. And that, uh, you know, using multicolors and using the different designs, uh, the four, one of the four different designs to do it. And as you see some of the other pictures we have where people have just gone all out to paint a creative or an artistic moccasin. Um, so that's our goal. Next. Here's some more uh, stencils. That's, a, that's on a floor in the school in Mississauga area. Um, to advance the treaty and Indigenous awareness through education, public awareness, and building a network of knowledge to benefit for the benefit of truth and reconciliation. So I think our little activity helps that happen. Next. Here's some of our objectives. We have, we're funded, as I mentioned, uh, Greenbelt has funded us and we now have a second round of funding. And so in the first one, we've, we've been able to have some successes. And you see this one here, that's the uh, that's the Huron-Wendat one. And in the pictures, you'll see the Huron-Wendat, the one that uh, Philip used to draw or make, make the print and then make the stencil. That is, that one there is all natural material. It's It's leather. It's smoked and it's got moose hair, um, quill work and natural dyes and leather uh, like in, um, um, say, uh, what is that? Uh, the lacing is, um, uh, it's not uh, thread, it's um, um, sinew, sinew uh, from the animal uh, tissues. And so we want to facilitate a cultural shift in Canada by sharing treaty history with children through the distribution of an accessible educational kit. And that kit is uh, the educational program is online. Uh, our website is online and the curriculum is free. We worked hard to get that all, all uh, 
appropriate. It's still moving and changing, but basically we got it done. Develop a coordinated branding program to mark significant indigenous sites for the benefit of public awareness. And so our goal is to move beyond the schools, form partnerships with communities and organizations to build understanding, engagement, and support, create a network of knowledge on treaties to restore harmony between indigenous, indigenous and non-indigenous people. And the um, the project that we've been working away and going out and standing in front of people and presenting the moccasin identifier and that it is, um, we have had such great response, acceptance of it and just wanna know how we can do more. Next. Here's a, here's a, um, the background shot there is at Fort York during an indigenous um, month, uh, June 21st week that we go there. Uh, we can we ask people that you can become a moccasin identifier education leader, teach treaties using the moccasin identifier educational kit. Um, the, you can participate in a variety of events that are now happening across the country. There's Indigenous History Month of June. There's Indigenous People's Day on June 21st. Uh, September 30th is Orange Shirt Day, now renamed Truth and Reconciliation Day uh, and a federal holiday. Um, the uh, Treaties Recognition Week is an Ontario event. That's the first week in November. And there's an Ontario app that identifies that week as Treaty Recognition Week. And then there's a day called uh, Rock Your Mocks where you know everybody can wear their moccasins to work or, or for the day. And now through the Janie Wen, uh, Cheney Winjet and Gord Downey uh, site uh, that they have what they call Sacred Path Week. So activities are promoted there for um, people, organizations to participate and become more aware of uh, the um, what has happened with the indigenous people. Uh, moccasin identifier installations. You could install a moccasin identifier in your community on your public space or work environment. Uh, you can get a board like this. Uh, the big steel plaque is like $200, uh, just the way it sits there. It was a gift for me, so that, uh, but I know how much it costs. Um, moccasin identifier will, will even come out and participate in a ribbon cutting if you're, you're doing something. And we've had people, families, um, who've taken the moccasin identifier and the kits are $100 uh, just to keep us going, keep it going. Um, that uh, um, she took the kit and then she had her children uh, in June go around their street and ask the neighbors if they would be willing to, to have a moccasin identifier painted on their their uh, sidewalk or up their walkway or their steps. And uh, her children uh, went and did the ones that, that uh, um, who participated in all the houses that participated. So that's the kind of thing. And then and the other thing I'd remind you is that it's in, when we're doing most of this work, uh, it's in wash away paint. Uh, you're working with children, it's gotta be non-toxic. So it's wash away temper paint or chalk spray. Uh, so whatever, methods you want to do and people do all different things. We use the roller and stencil that, you know, in the little, the little kit uh, type thing. And that, uh, uh, but you can use stenciling the little where you dab a sponge and, and use the stencils and create that or on, on paper um, where, where you spray, uh, it, they all work. It's just depending on the way that you want to do it. So we just promote that people take up the, the um, uh, project. Next. 
These are some pictures of the educational program that's at Fort York where we're out there. And we use that box. Uh, we call it the pizza box. But then we tape the stencil to the bottom of it so we can go around and spray um, uh, the stencil. And it is try. we try to contain it, but it gets a little crazy and we get paint on everything. So uh, well, for this one here, it's uh, it was in permanent paint, uh, latex paint. And so there's, there's still remnants of them on the sidewalk. Uh, that's me inside. The second one is me inside the teepee at uh, uh, Fort York. And we're doing a presentation with the early on um, grade kids. And so we had them hear that, see see what it was. And then we let them go outside. And we actually stenciled on the grass that day. So uh, as long as it shows up, the kids are all happy with it. And this is a third picture in is a building that's Gibson House in Toronto, where we we participated in the month of June and went to museums, uh, the different museums in Toronto who could accommodate a program. And uh, we were there to host the moccasin identifier with anybody who come through. And so people painted those stencils all the way through the through the sidewalk uh, there. So it was a good day. And that, uh, then the other one is just me working with a, with several kids about uh, uh, getting it, getting down on the ground and stenciling. Next. This is another shot of us at, at the, that's Kim Wheatley, who's uh, uh, up on stage with me at Fort York again. And those are pictures of a, inside a classroom. And you see all the different uh, paint colors. We, we started out by just using, sort of saying the red, the four colors, red, yellow, um, black, and um, white, yellow, black, green, whatever our colors are our four colors and it uh, uh so it didn't really work out uh because uh, white sometimes don't show up well on paper and stuff so we just let it's it's in whatever color people want to use and so we just buy a variety of the the temper paint or shark spray of any color and people get to design whatever they want uh the way they want next also just back up uh you know i said that the springfield that's the springfield public school in uh mississauga is that one there that's where we did like 700 kids in a day and the next day we did 300 more at another school and so it's been exciting days when that happens this is one of our big profile events um is that uh, we the first nation was invited to have a a whole historical uh, community information display at at the CNE for the whole days of the CNE. And so we had 120 feet of space that had to get, um, um, you know, set up. <coughs> and we, we managed to get, do all that. And the moccasin identifier you see on the, on the, uh, where the people are looking at the table, that was the, that's the kit that we started out with. It's not a, it's not that anymore. It's a folder with stencils inside of it. And you see that the, the, simple the tray it really is just a second it really is just like a little paint tray with a little thing and put the paint in there and um, you got your stencil and you stencil it out on paper or uh, uh, on the on the sidewalk uh, or your street, whatever. And you'll see there that uh, all the stencils that are on the wall there, that uh, started out with one of the children coming in at 10 o'clock when the CNE opened. And we were at the Dufferin Gates, our whole display. And that the uh, 
the little girl said, I want to do this. And so she did. And then she was done. And she said, I said, okay, you can leave it here or you can um, take it with you. And she says, I want to take it with me and I'm going to put it up on my wall in my room. And so her mother says, no, you're not. We just got here and we got to walk around here all day. You're not going to be carrying that around all day. So and I, she started um, um, sort of protesting and crying, you know, but I want to take it home. I want to take it home. And I said, you know, what? you put your name on there and I will pay, stick it up on the wall. And when you're done, you can come back and pick it up. And so we just just did that for her. And that started the whole process of putting people stenciling and putting them up on the on the wall. And so you can see all the different designs and colors back there. And so when I talk about, you know, like we talk about the children uh, stenciling and the, the real impact is in the lifting up of the stencil when you see what you've produced. Two ladies there were uh, elderly, I'll say elderly, older than me, <laughs> that uh, uh, I said, you want to do this, the stenciling? And they said, oh, no, we're not artists. We're not artists. And I said, well, you know what? Today, we're going to make an artist out of you. So we showed them what to do. They stenciled. And when they lifted up the 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 stencil and seeing what they produced, they were just like, oh, my goodness, that's beautiful. That's just beautiful. And then you know, I tell the story about being at Fort York during um, what they call it education day where, you know, hundreds and hundreds of kids come through uh, Fort York for Indigenous Day. And um, so we have lots of children running, coming through in front of us and doing uh, repeating the same story all day long. And so I, I was doing the moccasin identifier uh, along with the rest of the team and that they uh, this uh, got to be in the noon hour. And so I start packing up my stuff for a break. And this little little guy come along and he says, I'd like to do this. And I said, well, I'm just packing up for lunch. I said, um, can you come back after lunch? And he looks at me. He's a little, little guy, maybe eight to 10 years old. And uh, he's in big black glasses and blonde curly hair, just a cutie. And he says, I have that quite the negotiator. So he goes, see that bus over there? I have to go and get on that bus. And he says, if I don't do it now, I won't be able to do this. And I really, really want to do it. And so I said, okay pull my stuff back out and had him did the stenciling with him and stuff. And he, we were using the chalk spray on, on that, that uh, day. And he, um, so I mean, now this is just between all of us that I find that it's the male gender that wants to put too much paint on spray too much and all of that. So uh, he's spraying away and he doesn't stop. I said, you're going to have too much paint, too much paint. It's not going to turn out. It's going to be a big blob. He doesn't stop. He just goes another little spot, another little spot on the paper. And uh, so, and I said, you have to stop. So he finally stops and he lifts it up. And I'm just as shocked because it was perfect. He looked at it and he just looked up. He picked it up and he said, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And he walked away. Now, if that's not creating awe and inspiring or impacting uh, youth, a child to, you know, it, it being impacted by just doing the moccasin identifier stenciling. I don't know what else is going to work. But anyway, I like to share that story about um, making an artist out of everyone. Next. This is our, our significant, we use this as our significant site. Um, uh, we took the moccasin identifier uh, with, the, with the Minister of, uh, what are they, Minister of Culture, Sports and Recreation. Uh, they were revamping under the Liberal government uh, 
back in the, the day, they were revamping Ontario Place, uh, the east side of it along the water, which was a parking lot. And that um, working with uh, the ministry, working with the designers that they, they engaged to do this, that we ended up with the moccasin identifier being on the entranceway. Uh, our signage, the moccasin identifier name is all as you walk in there. And there's hundreds of people who go through there. And there's a, there's a whole um, section for the, uh, it's called Trillium Park. And the trail is called the William G. Davis Trail. So if you get an opportunity to go see that, that's our moccasin identifier in the First Nation and me as the lead. We worked with him for basically four years to get that that in place and it's just great we were just down there did that's where the video was done uh when we the earlier video was done there and we painted some more stencils on the ground there and that's so it's just an amazing place and there's lots of good things about that site it's um has our name on it has our moccasin identifier it has the a fire a fire pit for people to sit around and you can book it you can book and go sit around the fire there. It's not like a barbecue thing. It's an actual fire pit. So we can actually go there and do ceremony. It has indigenous plants. And we just finished signage work with uh, actually the original designer, Walter Kemp, that uh, this identifying the plants are in English, uh, Ojibwe, the Latin name, and uh, um, the, you know, the, the, identifiers in English and um, I don't think we have French in there might be um, but anyway it's, it's all there to see and so that just got finished this past summer and we're continuing to work on other educational programs at Ontario Place. Next this is another site uh, Centennial College in that that sidewalk you see you see our sign there that then talks about what it is. And on that sidewalk, which is covered up by the pictures, but there's the moccasin identifier is engraved into the sidewalk. And further down on the, uh, behind the sign, there's a sitting area and it's like a half wigwam. And then there's benches in between. And then it's like half a circle. In that circle is the four directions and the four colors are all there. And that uh, we even hope to do more uh, signage within the buildings and in the, uh, uh, other new grounds. They're building a whole new uh, center there, which is going to be done in a year or two. So next. The Credit Valley Trail Indigenous Experience. We've been involved with them our, our, through our duty to consult and accommodate and the cultural committee. We have an environmental project and we've been working with uh, the Credit Valley Conservation uh, to create what's called the Indigenous Experience uh, Plan. So we have sites, uh, um, has already been identified and designs done for it. And that's what you're seeing there. And this is at Orangeville, uh, that it's called the Crane Gathering Space. Uh, the architect is Smoke Architect out of Hamilton area. Uh, and it's at, located at what they call Island Lake Conservation. And it's at Orangeville. Uh, so we've designed that, just, just finished that design this past year. And you'll see on the, uh, the little corner there, it has a green leaf and it has a feather. That's our logo within the Credit Valley Conservation, the green leaf for environment and the feather for the indigenous people. And that is a, the little four inch sign marker that's going on the post in the Credit Valley Trail, which is, people don't realize that even though it's just a little four inch thing for the conservation and trails, that's very significant that you get, a, you get to have a, a sign uh, uh, on, the, on their signposts um, for us. So great successes there. And we've been working, ongoing work with the Credit Valley Conservation. And they're an example about how entities can um, put 
in indigenous uh, visualization programming, educational programming into the into their existing formats. Next, uh, phase one accomplishments, and so we just finished that, and we've started now on our second phase with the, the green belt funding. Uh, that we've identified, brand identified, the website got relaunched and updated. We've attended over hundreds of events, uh, did a community charrette, uh, and that's where we put it, keep putting it out there. Is this still working? Is this still right? Does it need to be corrected? So we keep doing, uh, making sure that it's uh, appropriate. Presentation to thousands of school children. And we've been just responding to the requests from a teacher or a school, then we go in. I mean, COVID stopped all of that, but we'll get back to doing uh, school, individual schools. <coughs> Just let me take a drink here. I guess I was talking too much already this morning. So we've done archeological site collected for all of the green belt area. And basically the green belt is the same and you'll see in a map, you'll see the green belt identified area for Ontario is also the basically the same as our treaty lands. And that's uh, the, uh, so we're talking about putting a marker and installations in place. So that kind of work is starting to uh, happen. Uh, we did a pilot evaluation of the educational kit and conducted and revised educational kit with teacher working group. Um, and we went to the, the mainstream teachers and schools and had educators write the rewrite based on the Ontario curriculum. And then we um, and kept simplifying because the teachers, we asked the teachers, is this working for you? What do you need? How do, is it? And so we, we, we keep responding to what, uh, um, what the teacher needs to use it in the classroom. Because if it's too difficult and cumbersome, they basically won't use it. Um, we've formed partnerships with Indigenous Tourism Ontario for sites, and for one of those site, significant sites is going to be that Ontario Place site that we showed you. We're working with Eco Schools Canada to get it in their schools, which are more uh, targeting environmentally friendly. And uh, for a school to be in, considered an eco school, you have to go through a certification uh, program. We're working with Toronto Public Library uh, and many more like Heritage Mississauga, who's presenting this, and we're getting more, more groups that are willing to take us on. Now, oh, that, that picture there is a teacher at Springville School, and she went and got a piece of material, stencil four of the, the four moccasin designs on the clock, and she said she was going to get it framed and put it on her wall in her, her classroom. Next. Here's that map I keep referring to. Uh, we're doing site installations across the green belt. And you can see there's our treaty land. The Mississaugas of the Credit had uh, 23 treaties of land cessations, good or bad, I say. Uh, and some of them were before Canada was Canada. So you see where I'm sitting with that little square dot down here at, at the Mississaugas of the Credit First Nation, south of Hamilton and adjacent to the Six Nations that we uh, were uh, in what's called Between the Lakes Treaty. Uh, Number three, and then upward Mississauga, we did into treaty 22, 23. The orange one is the Toronto Purchase, which is a big section where the city of Toronto sits right now. And the pink is the Rouge Valley. It's a claim that's gone in uh, to uh, Canada. And you see the green belt uh, is all around protecting the crops and the soft, in the Niagara, what they call the soft fruit belt. And then they, they also do all the rivers where the 
you know, all the rivers in that area are considered greenbelt area. So we partner up with them and uh, look to do uh, installations and programming in those rivers. And we're trying to build that network of people to do it, uh, help us take it on and do it. Next. We're also doing a corporate project, and this is starting to take us across the country. We are developing moccasin identifier plaques across all of Deloitte head offices in Canada. So from uh, Halifax right through to Vancouver. And as they redesign their entry plaques, land acknowledgement, they are agreeable to put the moccasin design of the people of whose land their offices sit on. So they do the, the land acknowledgement and they, they have the indigenous wording and a design. This one here is the Halifax one, in which case you can see uh, uh, post, uh, what we call pre-contact and post-contact. As I mentioned, when you start to see the, the you know, beads and thread and that different kinds of things, uh, that, that's post-contact. Um, but you see in this one here, up there where you see it looks got lines, that's fur. And the, uh, it's just amazing, uh, like, you know, to learn something every day that the um, uh, Mi'kmaq group presented uh, uh, to us what would have been their indigenous, the original design of the footwear. And if you think about a uh, deer or um, moose or caribou, mostly like moose, I guess, out there, and that the, uh, uh, the back leg, it bends. And so they take where that bend is in the joint uh, and then use that because it's already shaped and use that. And all they got to do is stitch up the bottom as the uh, as the base for their footwear. Amazing. And they're just beautiful. Uh, we've seen the, in their PowerPoint they, they did for us amazing stuff. So this is started, starting to take us across the country. And we're looking, uh, researching into different uh, with the different groups, um, uh, which uh, which uh, moccasin fits uh, across the country and then uh, move, move from there. So uh, very interesting and exciting work. Next. Um, like I said, our next thing to do is identify the sites which we're working on. Uh, installation guide, we're trying to figure out where is the best, uh, advising people when we want people to take it on. Here's the things to consider when you're going to, if you're going to be a site, you know, um, maybe things to stay away from, maybe things that we can add, add to. We're doing video production. Um, we're working with the, the uh, Indigenous tourism. Oh, that's further down. Uh, so that um, we're talking about a, a moccasin identifier symposium where we, you know, put all of the stuff together and host a big event where we let people know what it is, where it is, and what they can do, and how they can be part of it. Uh, we're doing municipal engagement, and that is happening uh, with the, the council in their office and the duty to consult, where they create uh, relationship uh, agreements between the municipalities. And the Mississaugas just finished one with uh, the town of Caledon, where they're going to put it. It's not finished yet. It's being drafted. They accepted it. Uh, so that's got to go to the official process where they, uh, if it all works out, they're gonna have a bylaw and it'll be in their official plan. Um, uh, the then Moxon identifier kit distribution, or you know, how, how that works out best. We're doing a, uh, we're right just starting a, a, a business plan to help refine, define the Moxon identifier. We've just been doing as growing and evolving without really knowing exactly what the best route of that is. Um, and this um, AR augmented reality app uh, 
with Indigenous Tourism Ontario. They're proposing to make uh, a avatar, like an avatar, where uh, they're suggesting me, I become an eagle and I fly around to these different sites. And we're starting with Ontario Place. I'm not so sure about all that, but that's the game plan. Next. These are uh, most of our partners to date who we've uh, you know, been able to work with and come to agreements that we're going to continue to work. And so we got others, any others who'll be coming on. It's just an understanding of how they use it, how we use logos, that those kind of partnership agreements and things like that. Sometimes there's money, sometimes there isn't. Next. You can learn about the market, about, learn about the truth through treaties, participate in Indigenous events, as we mentioned, support the markets and identify public installations, buy a kit, and I mentioned there are $100 to keep us going, uh, teach treaties in your place of work or your community, uh, as we call it through graffiti art. Um, join us in changing the world. It takes a lot of people to change the world. We need everybody to be on site. I just want to say Chief Miigwech for um, presenting today, Carolyn. It was a wealth of information, but I would like to say Chief Miigwech from uh, Heritage Mississauga for presenting today and every and all the work that you are doing. Like it's amazing work, and um, hopefully we can schedule something again for the new year. But Chief Miigwech from everyone, and uh, I really appreciate you taking your time to uh, educate us. Thank you for joining us today as we continue our Indigenous Conversations webinars. We would like to thank Carolyn King for her support and for sharing her knowledge in the 2021 series of our Indigenous Conversations. We congratulate her on the incredible contributions she has made to promote public awareness of significant cultural historic sites and the ancestral presence of First Nations, Métis, and Indigenous communities. We would also like to thank Faith Rivers for her continued support in this webinar series and as a director at Heritage Mississauga. Heritage Mississauga would also like to thank the Ontario Trillium Foundation's Resilient Communities Fund for their financial support to help us bring Indigenous conversations to a wider community through this webinar series. <laughs>